preaching the full gospel. We've got to preach that God is a God of life, and He came that we would have life and life abundantly. You need to understand that even though the Supreme Court has ruled Roe v. Wade unconstitutional and turned it over, that didn't stop abortions in this land. There are abortions continuing. It just reverted it now back to the states. Now it has to be a state issue. But abortions have not stopped. They are now state-mandated. And as you can see in the uh, culture, there is a real war going on as to the issue of pro-abortion or pro-life. And as Christians, I need you to understand the situation. When seeking the Lord and trying to find out why are pro-abortion people so upset, so angry, when we're trying to help them understand that this is a human life, they don't see it as that. And I began to realize that the rhetoric that they've been taught is that this is basically a clump of cells in their body attached to their body. Let me give you an illustration. My body, my choice is the mantra. It would be no different in their mind in the sense that as having a goiter uh, or a, a, a massive uh, skin cells or something with on their body, what right does the state have to tell me I can't remove this growth. If that's the mindset, I get the anger. Of course. Why would you be able to tell me I can't get rid of this goiter on my neck? Come on. And so that's where many people are at. They've been misinformed and ignorant as to what an abortion is. And they're trying to defend their right to get medical attention. And they think that we're trying to prevent that. I want to share with you this morning that that's why they're saying, my body, my choice, what right does the state have to tell me I can't remove this growth? And they're applying it to this as well. My body, my choice, what right does the state have to tell me I can't remove this growth? And so I want to share with you the best way for us to speak to that issue, to help people. We are not against women who uh, want to have abortions, we're wanting to rescue them from a devastating decision as well. We're for the woman and the baby. We're not their enemy. We want to help bring an understanding to them. This is a painful issue that doesn't go away when the baby is simply eradicated. They have to live with that choice, and we want to minister help to them. So you need to understand the mindset. They're thinking that this is just a part of their body that you don't have a right to tell them what to do with. I want to share with you some very important points that helps you understand this is not simply a clump of cells. Let's take a look at the first one. Number one, it takes sexual intercourse to fertilize an egg within the woman. So apart from a goiter that grows on its own or a skin mass that grows on its own, babies don't grow on their own. You have to have sexual intercourse and a man has to impart the sperm into the woman. There's your first choice. That's the first choice. That if you're going to choose to have unprotected sex, then you are entering into the realm of pregnancy potential. So, this didn't just happen, it was brought into your body. Secondly, at conception, 
Not later, not years down the road, not months down the road, but at conception, this fertilized egg, this embryo, later a fetus, whatever word play you want to put on it, it is a human child. It, at conception, has its own DNA, apart from any other human being, a unique DNA that is all that child's own DNA, which is going to tell whether that child has what color hair, what color eyes, what proclivity to sports or to the arts or anything else that that child is becoming. It's within the DNA of that child, within every cell of that child. Secondly, it has over... uh, 46 chromosomes, and those chromosomes are identified by either male or female. They will either be XX for female, XY for male, and that determines the sex of that child. At conception, that is either a boy or that is a girl, and it has its own DNA. It is a unique being within that woman. It's not just a clump of cells. And this is where people have a misunderstanding of what's taking place within their body. It's not a goiter. It's not a mass of extra tissue. It is specifically a human being. Thirdly, the woman's body. And this is most interesting to me. The woman's body at the point of conception is now working with all of its effort to bring nutrition and protection and life to that child even if the woman's aware of it or not the body of a woman begins to function and kick in to preserve the life that is in her she may not even recognize she's pregnant she may not know and she may even not want that baby but her body does her body is working to make sure that that baby is surviving Her uterus begins to prepare a place of safe protection for the baby. Her nutrition kicks in, adding 300 calories extra a day of iron, calcium, and folic acid to supply food to that baby. Her breasts are beginning to produce milk, and her body immediately is working to make a safe haven for that baby to grow. That's what's happening at that clump of cells but it is not a clump of cells because within the human body there are over 200 different types of cells in the human body each type of cell is specifically equipped for its role the 10 most common cells are stem cells blood cells nerve cells muscle cells cartilage cells, pancreatic cells, bone cells, skin cells, fat cells, sex cells. All of those cells are in that child at conception beginning to function with a very specific purpose and a place that they're to operate and grow into. It's not just a clump of cells. It is a very determined order of cells that are beginning to grow into a human being, a child. It's not simply a goiter. 
It's not simply excess. It's very specific. Each of these areas of cells, stem cells, blood cells, nerve cells, muscle cells, cartilage cells, each has the DNA within it that is unique to that child in the XX or XY chromosome to identify the gender of that child. That is the miracle of birth. Now, this child is developmentally growing. It is not like cancer, it's not rogue, it is not just infiltrating, it is very specifically developing into the full maturity of a human being. In the first four weeks, that's 48 days, in the first 48 days, the baby begins to develop the brain, the spinal cord, the nervous system, the gastrointestinal system, and the heart and the lungs. That's not a clump of cells. That is a highly designed human being. By eight weeks, that's only 96 days, the face, the arms, the legs are formed and moving. The baby's heart begins to beat and the brain and other organs are forming. By 17 weeks, that's 119 days, the heart is formed and is pumping up to 25 quarts of blood per day. That's a human being in a developmental process of maturing as a child. As the psalmist said, I will praise the Lord for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. So this is not just a clump of cells. This is a highly designed process by which God has put life within the womb. Her body is protecting and nurturing and growing it. Though her mind may choose elsewise, it has to invade and disrupt and abort the process of life. Now, again, back to the idea that if this was a clump of cells, it's my body, my choice. This is my second point. It's not your body. This is not your body. And that's the key significance That's different. The DNA of this child is unique from the mother. It is completely its own DNA as a human being apart from the mother's DNA. So it is not her body. It is a body within her body. The sex, the gender may be completely different from the mother. Therefore, it is not her body. She can have a little boy within her female body. And that little boy is not the mother's body, nor a little girl the mother's body. The blood type is completely and may be completely a separate blood type within her. Often, uh, the blood of the child is a different blood type than the mother, and the blood never mingles with the mother's blood. It's a completely different circulatory system, completely different organs, completely different brain, completely different functions, completely different cells. This is a different person within the mother. This baby does not share body parts. The baby's arms and feet are the baby's arms and feet and not a part of the mother's arms and feet. There is no part of the mother's body that is a part of that baby's body except one thing, a cord an umbilical cord that provides food. The dependence of this baby on the mother is temporary. 
that baby is using that space temporarily as it develops. It is, sixth, a self-contained whole. It is a unique child that is being fed and cared for by the mother's womb, but it is a separate entity. It may be located in her, but it is not her. The location does not equal being a part of her body. She carries the baby. So these are very important points to help people understand. Because of changing language and using different rhetoric, we think that this is just a clump of cells that can be easily cut out or eradicated, or we think it's her body, her choice. It is not her body. And, and the, the issue is that that body, that child was developed in her through an act and a decision of sexual intercourse, which introduced the process. And so that's what we're trying to say. This isn't a clump of cells. It is a human being. This isn't your body. This is a body of a human soul that has eternal significance to God. And God loves that child. And we need to show the love. We don't need to yell and scream back. We don't need to show any sense of uh, hatred or anger, but compassion in Jesus Christ. Let me share with you the statistics, the abortion statistics from 1980 to 2000. This is a study done from 1980 to 2000. This isn't even including all the way back to 1973. But within the statistics of the surveys of 1980 to 2000, here are the percentages of why people get abortions. Number one is 1% has said because of rape. It is rare for a woman to get pregnant because of a rape, because it's so traumatic, but it does happen, and 1% of the abortions from 1980 to 2000 were a cause uh, for abortion was rape. 0.5% was incest. 0.36% was for the health of the mother. It was necessary to abort the child. 0.36%. 0.24% an abortion was performed for fetal defects. These are the number one arguments for pro-abortionists, but they are so minute in the issue. 98% of abortions from 1980 to 2000 were for convenience, a form of birth control. The excuses were, it's, I'm not ready for a baby, it's inconvenient to my life right now. Secondly, I can't afford a baby. We don't have money. We don't have finance. Thirdly, I'm too old uh, to have a baby. My, I've already raised my kids. I don't need another one. Or I'm in relationship troubles or relationship problems. I don't want to bring this child into the, into the world. Those excuses and those reasonings, though they are uh, devastating to the mother and to the per person who is having to decide to go through that, it's not enough reason to kill a human being. There are many opportunities and options for adoption and for these children to be birthed and given life. With all of that said, even 64% of women in the study felt they were pressured into an abortion. Thank God we've been praying 
We've been seeking the Lord concerning the issue of abortion and Roe v. Wade. I, to be honest with you, I didn't expect to see it turned over even this year. Wow, what a miracle. But it's not over. It's not over. We need to be a people who care. We need to be a people who are going to help women choose life. And so what I want to present to you as Christ Community Church is that we are going to become a house of refuge. What does that mean? What is a house of refuge? It means that as a church, we will let people know within this congregation and around the community that if they want to keep their child, we will be there to help them. This is a place where they can come and we will give them support and get them connected to the necessary places they need to get connected so that they can carry the baby to full term. Whether they keep the child or put it up for adoption, we want to be able to help them. And uh, if we're going to be convincing people that this is a life, and with the technology now and science now, it's easy to see that this is a child and not a clump of cells that doesn't belong to, the, to the, the, ba- the mother's body, but in fact is that mother's child. This is what it means to become a house of refuge. A number of churches in the area and throughout the United States are linking together with Love Life Ministries, and they're called Houses of Refuge. So Christ Community Church will become a house of refuge for everyone in this church and for those seeking our help. Here's what we believe. If you find yourself in an unplanned pregnancy, please know that being pregnant is not a sin, and the child you carry is not a punishment, but in fact a blessing. God is knitting this child together in your womb. You may have had made a sinful decision that led to this pregnancy, or you may have been sinned against but we want you to know you are loved and we will do our best to carry to help you carry and care for this precious child before and after the birth. We can never support or encourage a woman to have an abortion because the child you carry is made in the image of God and it is intrinsically valuable to us and to God and loved by God. You need to know how we will respond. Here's what we will not do. This church family will not gossip about you. We will not shame you, nor will we abandon you. This is a house of refuge. We will not allow for the family of God to harm one another with words or actions contrary to the love of God as revealed in his word. We'll come alongside people. Here's what we will do. We will work with you to remove whatever obstacles stand in the way of you having this child. There are people in this church that will be ready to, number one, mentor you through the season. We can't help someone who doesn't want help. So they need to connect and want to be mentored. We will have people ready to do that. Secondly, we will throw you a baby shower to help provide for your immediate needs. Three, We will connect you with resources inside and outside of our church 
such as local pregnancy center care, who can help give you the medical attention, ultrasounds, and attention you need. Four, we will attempt also to hold the Father accountable as best we can to provide and protect you and the child. Finally, if you have ever had an abortion in your past, we want you to know that abortion is not an unforgivable sin. Whoever confesses and forsakes their sin will find mercy and grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never gone through a post-abortion Bible study, we'll be happy to connect you to one so that you can walk in complete healing and freedom. And so that's what a house of refuge is. That's in this time and in this moment what the gospel requires of us so that we can care for people and bring more lives into life, liberty, and happiness through God's love. Let's bow our heads and pray.